and we're not wizards. We are the best. And also, we're not wizards. Enjoy the show. Bye. Welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for January. Because it's January. (laughs) Well, this could be going out any time at all. I might not even, I might be crazy enough and actually put it out in February. Who knows? Who knows? It's all about organising. It's all about being kind of not only ready to organise, but also making sure everything lines up, making sure everything's, you're crossing the I's and you're dotting the T's. You know, <laughs> that's what I do. Um, and sometimes, sometimes I get guests on the show that interrupt themselves before they've been introduced. But that is fine. <laughs> Joining me, a man who's known for crossing his eyes <laughs> and dotting his t's. You know, he, he he sometimes. I mean, he's appeared on the show and he's got his strange. Lying the witch in the wardrobe type door. And what I say is, etch to their own. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like a private joke that yeah. only a few people will get. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's joining me, the editor from Tabletop Mag. Hello. He's, he's, it's CJ Eggett, but I know him as Seggett Jeggett Eggett. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Hello, hello, well, uh, welcome to the podcast, all those people who um, who have been here much longer than me, actually. Everybody's been I suppose been I welcome myself, actually. It's like, a, it's like a tectonic plate of disasters moving. Mm. Do you know what it's like? It's like seeing a three-year-old fall down the stairs, the bottom two stairs, very, very slowly, and there's nothing you can do about it. you just got to let them kind of fall down. This is wow. how the kind of the conversation's going to go. The reason that we do this podcast, for anybody who's joining us for the first time, and thank you for joining us for the first time, I take it it was either this or 300 hours community service, that'll teach you to shoplift, um, is because there's quite simply not enough podcasts out there about tabletop Um you know, I've looked now, I've scoured iTunes, I've entered the search phrases, nothing, nothing. Yeah. It's great that, that you're the first one. That's what I think. I, you know, I and was... And only. <laughs> I've, been for, I've been forging it though, since before you were born. Um, <laughs> and the, the second reason that we do this is because um, a little while ago, like a while ago, like way back, way, way back, like kind of Beastie Boys time music kind of time, um, we had a, a young man... <laughs> by the name of Mr. Jarvis, who was on. He was talking about his tabletop magazine. And then he left, or disappeared. We don't know where he is. And uh, CJ's taken the place. And we thought, well, you know, we like to have the incumbents coming on so he can tell us, you know, all about printed and pressed trees. Now, we're going to cover, cover, cover some topics, which I emailed CJ about. And he said he's going to get me the answers. I don't know if he got the email. So the first topic we're going to discuss we're going to discuss fully and he says he's going to give me answers on is board games are the art uh yes the second the second question that we're going to answer 
is, you know... It's going to be a very short um, podcast, I think. Because it, <laughs> pre- <laughs> the answer number one is yes. <laughs> pre- the difference between previews and reviews, and should they be paid for? Let's... Mm. <laughs> let's, let's <laughs> and the second thing, Kickstarter, is it a Ponzi scheme or just a four-letter word? Um, so the... <laughs> So, so, so that's what we're gonna gonna discuss tonight. Um, but what I, what I, what I did want to do is start asking you questions on octave higher. Um, have you, have you, you, I mean, you said yes. I mean, at the end of the day, I asked the question. You were straight. Let's look at the actual physical evidence. I can post this on it. Do you fancy coming on the podcast at some point? Yes, I do. There was no. There was no. You know, there was no any kind of hesitation at all. So oh, no. you know, I would I like to invite you. You said, Yeah, when and it was straight in there, so it was all fine. Um <laughs> Growing up Well, that's how far we're going back. Yeah, wow. <laughs> growing up, okay. Have you always been the kind of the creative sort? I mean you Oh interesting. I'm, I didn't what I'm interested that. in yeah, well what I'm interested in is as an editor, I understand that you kind of come, you end up doing like a business job. It's like, this is what I always mm. find with people and managers and in charge. It's like even the boy that runs the car wash, it, once upon a time, he was the world's best person at shamming and shimmying and kind of like getting those windows looking shiny. And then all of a sudden they end up in the manager's job and they're going to count the number of detergent buckets. So as a child, when you were growing up, were you more on the creative side of things or were you on the organisational type of things as a person? And what did you prefer to do? So I think um, that's a great question. I am, um, yes, always creative, I think, to a degree. Um, always wanted to write. But I have I have a very strong memory of when I was, I don't know, 10 or something like that. Mm. And... Um, Maybe I was maybe I was a little bit old. I'm not sure. Um, and I said to a friend of mine, "Hey, should we should we like instead of doing whatever we were doing, should we like make a book or make something like that?" Mm. Yeah. And um, I think I think all kids do this at some point. They have this like making of something, don't they? Um, I remember him saying to me, "No, why would we? Why would we do that?" I was like, "We should write." I was like, "We should write some stories and then like make them into a little weird book thing, and then." Uh, and then we'd have this thing. Actually, I don't know if I, I even articulated that last part, um, but just this desire to like create an object. I have this quite strong memory of that. I sometimes think that that's always what the creative impulse in me is for. It's just, just this idea of like creating like an object, a physical thing, something real. So, uh, so yeah. But I think also that I've always kind of been like a critic in some way. I think I've always found that quite interesting to do this thing of like navigating okay Nav- just imagine you walking up to your your parents after dinner and going now <clears throat> we'd had bangers and mash well they'd read it in the the review wouldn't they <laughs> and here's my here's my three-page yeah. review on what i felt about the bangers and mash yeah. what potatoes you should use in the future and yeah. and why you put why did you pick oven cooking the sausages over so, i like to them? think i'd be like a um uh is it jay jay rayner I like, to think, I like to think I'd do the sort of like ambience as well, you know. We went in the kitchen discussing discussing how they've changed the the light bulb for a slightly brighter one because the one they had in the cupboard or whatever. And it's really it's really ruined what used to be a lovely place to flick peas on the floor. That's fantastic, um, and so, also quite uh, quite scary at the same time. 
Did that continue through school then? I mean, were you, were you again, were you kind of like, you know, I'm guess okay, this is what I'm yeah. guessing, right? Go on. You were into potentially comics. You read a yeah. little... You read yeah, a little I bit. I wanted you... to be. I'll tell you that. That's the thing. I wanted to be. Like right. I understood. Like because because growing up in in England in, in that at that time, there was this concept of all this like American stuff because it'd be referenced in the TV you watched quite readily. Yeah. Um, yeah. So things like a comic book store, but in in. Um, Cambridgeshire, you just don't have a comic book store. No. You know, not a dedicated one where you can go and buy, like, in the American sense of buy, like, a load of stuff, a load of crap comics for cheap, you know. there's not, There was none of that sort of um, uh, crazy kind of, like, um, like a load of little things with good ideas in. There was none of that, like, around. And so I mm. wanted to be into comics. So I did actually, I did read comics, but it was very much, it felt... Um, a little bit like the critic thing, actually. Um, it felt a little bit like um, uh, like I was doing research or something. Like I was trying to find what the good stuff was, um, you know. And and so I remember I read because um, our news agents started running like the uh, the reprints, I think. Yeah, uh, in these like they do they're like they're kind of like I'm gonna say like a mini omnibus, which is a stupid thing to say, but it would be like um, you know uh, maybe three months worth of Spider Man in one thing. So you'd usually get like a whole arc. In oh it. right, okay. Um, it's like the trade, almost like the trade paperbacks. Um, yeah, basically they were still kinda. they were they weren't um, uh, perfect bound, but they yeah. were. Um, but they were still they were still like that. But that's what I sort of, that's where I sort of got into comics. But yeah, I was into comics. Um I, but it's like that's that's sort of a that sort of like I wanted to be was like a good description of most things in my life. Because I quite in, at that time as a kid, like quite liked um so I had this copy of Space Hulk that I got from a car boot sale. Um and I don't think I ever played it properly, really. I don't think I did. Because I don't I didn't even know if I had the rules. Um but uh, like this idea that there's this other stuff out there and I didn't know how to get hold of it. And this is basically the story of a boy who grew up before the internet was everywhere. I, I'm, I mean, it? I'm a child, yeah. of, a child of the 80s. <laughs> I mean, it's like, exactly. do you know exactly. what I mean? I'll tell you my, ex- my exposure to Hero yeah. Quest and Space Crusade, right? Yeah. Littlewood's catalogue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and there was one. There was one picture of it. There was one picture of because I got I got um, <clears throat> Hero Quest. I think came out first, so I got Hero Quest for Christmas, or maybe the one way. But I remember asking my mother to order Space Crusade because it was twenty four ninety nine at the yeah. time. Twenty four ninety nine. Yeah, imagine that was a games. It was a semi kind of. This was the games workshop, almost the games workshop type thing. So you can imagine mm. how much that would have been now. But I can imagine just poring over that picture, literally waiting for weeks yeah. and weeks and weeks. And can, I tell you my, can I tell you about my favourite magazine spread of all time? Yeah, I, I want to hear this. Uh, it's um, it's a two-page spread in a magazine which I believe was called Mega, which is the Mega Drive magazine. Um, and I think it was the issue, the Sonic 3 issue. I think it was that issue. Um, so it had, uh, the cover was... Um, uh, Sonic and Robotnik facing off with a big three in between them or something like that on the cover. The covers weren't very good of that magazine, actually. Um, but uh, now now I think about it. Uh, but the spread was just um, a spread of 10, 10 or 12 different controllers for the Mega Drive and their features and 
all of the stuff they did. Because what it to me presented was this world of this promise of weird stuff. And they were, and like you, I look back on it now, I think, because they were all rubbish as well. And that's sort of basically what many of the mini reviews said. But, um, and it's, but it was just so absolutely perfect for me as a child thinking, wow, this might be the best controller in the world. You know, it's got, tur- it's got turbo and program. You can actually program this controller, <laughs> which I think meant you could do the actions on it and it'd remember it in a separate button. I think that's what it meant. I don't. I, um, I was. I remember, and the one, the one reason I remember six-button uh, controllers is oh yeah. Street Street Fighter. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is this is probably where it came from. Yes, yeah. Street Fighter came out, and it was. I think at the time, and people complain about kind of video game prices, but video game prices have kind of <clears> stayed <throat> the same. In fact, they've yeah. kind of got cheaper because video a street. I remember a copy of Street Fighter Two on the Super Nintendo was easily seven, 65 to seventy-five yeah, yeah, yeah. pound at the time. Um, and then the, it came out on the Mega Drive, and the Mega Drive didn't have the six buttons, so they specifically almost brought out like a six button controller. It had the six, yeah. It like it didn't have the paddles on the top, if I remember. It just had no. six face buttons because yeah. it had three, and then it had small, slightly smaller uh, ones. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, the top, yeah. yeah practically, yeah. it didn't make any sense whatsoever. You're you're kind of like having to be like a spider. Oh, you mean <laughs> over the top, back back. over the top of it? Yeah. I yeah, because I think I think you're right. Actually, I think that might have been the that may have been why there was such a rush on um, creating those products at all, because there was because there was um, this desire for people to play Street Fighter without having to start to switch between kicks and punches, which is how it yes. would work on a three button controller. Oh. <laughs> Just an incredible thing. I remember seeing Street Fighter Two on the Spectrum. Oh yeah, okay. So that was a that was a feat. Yeah. Somebody somebody should have a word of like with Ubisoft and say. Look, I know you always struggle putting out a, putting out a game, um, but have you ever have you ever looked at the work, the stunning work that they did on the forty eight K Spectrum? Was it that they actually had a working copy of Street Fighter Two? Yeah. I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it at the time. It's a bit of a shame that it's Doom that gets ported to everything because I think Street Fighter on everything would be brilliant. I want to be able to play it on a fridge. You want to play on a fridge? Can you imagine yeah. coming in after a few beers and just going, right, that's yeah. it. Bison, you're getting it. Yeah, on the fridge. <laughs> just opening the door. Yes, yeah. Hundred hands slapping it like Honda. <laughs> like that. And then waking up everybody in the house and they're going, are you playing Street Fighter on, on the fridge, fridge again? again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. um, so is that is that where you, is that, is that kind of what broke you into... I mean, it's like this. It's like, where's that tangent come from? It's way back there. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Is that the Space Hulk thing? Is that what brought you into into board gaming? Then? So I was. Yeah. I think I was already... Um, uh, so obviously, like like literally everyone, uh, I used to play Warhammer and stuff like that. I used to paint the models, used to build the things. Yeah. Um, or rather, what we used to do usually was we'd bring a load of models around to each other's houses, line them all up, and then do something else. Because mm-hmm. it's just, it takes time. Just too, it takes too much time to actually play a game. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I, I, there was always that. And then, yeah, bits of Space Hulk and stuff like that. Um, there was always like games in the house, but they were, they were the very obvious family games um, and not super um, interesting stuff like that. And really for me, it was uh, Carcassonne. That was my like actual gateway into the hobby, and that was when me and some friends um, 
we used to go to uh, cottages across the UK for New Year's Eve. We just and set off a load of fireworks and annoy everyone locally. Um, or sometimes get a round of applause, as we did in Ilfracombe, um, uh, from the people. Because we went up onto the top, because, you know, there's like a bay. I don't know if you've been, but there's like a bay, and then there's a big hill at the top. And then we went up the top of there and set off something which was referred to as a barrage um, on the uh, on the box. And uh, it went off for about 25 minutes. Um, uh, and we could hear people's windows rattling from down below. Anyway... <laughs> I can just um, imagine you having a small notebook with you going, right, okay, I've got my notebook here. Okay, like, set the fireworks off, I'm ready. Right, okay. No, that was definite booze. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, Didn't like that. Didn't like that one. We'll have to go somewhere else now. Yes, yeah. Who booked the B&B? You have to do it under somebody else's name. <laughs> off we go. Um, uh, yeah, so we... Um, we used to do this and we, a friend of mine called me who's living in Greenwich at the time and there's a, there used to be a very good game shop in the Greenwich market and um, he said uh, hey I went in to buy a copy of Catan because I want to play that um, together we'd played a bit of Catan before but um, uh, but he said I should get Carcassonne and said do you think I should just trust him and I said yeah well I'll pay for it you know you buy it I'll pay for it and if it's rubbish um, you know we'll, do, it, we'll sort it out sort of thing as in like you know I'll, I'll take it off your hands you, you don't have to fill out a pocket yeah. in any way um, and if you like it you give me 30 quid or whatever you know and um, anyway we took that there and then subsequently we between us so there's there's this floating in our friendship group there's a floating copy of Carcassonne that doesn't really belong to anyone um, particularly because everyone's bought expansions for it and it's all it's all, all at one person's house at the moment but it sort of doesn't really belong to anyone because it's kind of on the move um, mm. because we just, every time we went away, every time we went to people's houses, we'd always just bring something else along for it. And that was this, this dedicated, very dedicated thing. And then then it was board game cafes. That's really how I got into understanding there was more to the hobby than this stuff. You know, I was going around saying, I quite like these German-style games. You know, these German-style so are- games. If only there was a word for this that we could all use. <laughs> Where did the writing then come from? Oh, that's just always been there. Yeah, so... Um, I've told I've told this story before. Do you want to hear the, the how I ended up here story? I I um no, that's fine. Okay. Yes, of course I want to hear the how. I mean, it's not like you know. Yes, of course, yes. Yeah. Always. But just very very briefly. You don't I, have to um, be brief. I mean, we've got plenty of time. Okay, but um, well, I don't want to you know bore your listeners. But um, so I've I <laughs> have always believed. Obviously, I've always wanted to write a novel and things like that, and mm. I've d- I've done it a few times. It's just no one wants to publish them. Um, so, and you know, I've, I've done poetry, I've done other things like that. Um, and that's, that's all, that's all fine. That sort of like proper writing sort of stuff, you know? Um, but what really put me on this path as I see it now is doing a stupid joke with a friend, which is I ran a music blog for a little while, um, where I, uh, me and my friends would um, do a game where we'd go to like a random Wikipedia, it'd be the, click the random button on Wikipedia, click the random button on Flickr, and click mm. the random button on somewhere else. And it would give you, um, so it'd give you a couple of title, a title mm-hmm. um, and the name of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'd get an album cover from the Flickr thing. And then we'd spend about, oh, 10 minutes putting together the album cover. Um, and then I'd go away and write the review of this album that didn't exist. Um, and it would always be their debut album. And I'd always, I'd always write in this sort of like mock enemy style. Anyway, did that for a bit, just doing these stupid jokes. And um, 
someone got in touch and said, hey, can I send you my album for review? Um, I said, are you, are you sure? You know, it's a joke, right? And he says, yeah, I love it. Um, I think it'd be funny. So I did that. And then after that, because people could see that I'd reviewed a real album, people just started doing it in earnest. And then I'm on PR lists and people are sending me actual music and stuff like that. Um, so I, I did that I did that for a while. And I think that was my first thing of getting into the idea that you can just um, that you can just do it. The the cult of uh, cult of done, isn't it? You can just do it. You just just get on and do it, and eventually, literally, fake it till you make it. Um, then after that came uh, some years later came a thing called uh, Etched to Their Own, which is a um, a uh, literary newsletter that I I, allu- I alluded. That's what I alluded to in the intro. Yeah, a uh, little Easter egg there, revealed. Um, but you'll go read my previous terrible typos um, on various platforms. Uh, but it's every week, every Friday, I'd send you a newsletter of um, of uh, poetry and um, prose and a little bit of literary criticism in there. So I'd sort of take it apart and I'd sort of tie it together with other things we'd previously covered. Um, and uh, that was cool. I did that sort of mostly free for the most part of it and then people started getting in touch so the early days of um fitz Corraldo, uh who are um uh just publishers of the well publishers of um the most recent nobel prize winner uh in literature um they published the english version of it um yeah uh they, they um i was like an early booster for them and they they would send me stuff, I, I, um, things like milkweed editions in the US, who were quite a small publisher, really. Yeah. Kept sending me lovely, lovely things. Um, it was, uh, it was just inc- just getting sent stuff and then reviewing it, right? So you can see how this becomes a thing, how this yeah. lead, leads into what <laughs> where I am now. Um, and so I did the I did that for two years. I, I wrote some of those on like a, I wrote those on a like on a canal boat once. Uh, I wrote one of them like um, in a bar in Berlin on a stag do because I have I have to send them on every Friday I had to send one um and so I was doing these sort of like um I'd like to say it was, it was like yeah it's almost gonzo journalism except yeah. I'm not looking at anything of the gonzo stuff going on around me I'm like oh well that's that's a really good haiku uh that someone tweeted somewhere else in the world <laughs> can you get that out of my face you know um <laughs> uh, um and so there was there was that and then um and then, you know, the rest of my life is just uh, uh, PR and marketing jobs and things like that, um, a bit of uh, project management. And then uh, I applied for this job on a whim because uh, I thought that'd be quite funny. <laughs> What's it? It's just what, like, right about board games. Should I, buy, should I buy one of those raptor dinosaur costumes that you get and then run about <laughs> the town centre or... I could apply for the tabletop games job. Yeah, let's roll a dice and see what happens. Thing so is, you're you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. That that's a great example, though, because to me, the the raptor costume thing sounds terrible. That sounds like a terrible time. <laughs> I Whereas, just I would I just want to do that's what I, what I would do. I would actually go to Aircon, and I would be like Mister Blobby. Yeah. You know, at the UK Games Expo, yeah. I would just be rampaging around as a dinosaur, yeah. and then uh, and then obviously have to go and tell everybody. This is my problem for anything that I would do, which would be like kind of like Gonzo <laughs> disruptive stuff. That I would literally go around making a terrible mess of everything, 
but then have to then go and tell everybody that it was me that was making the terrible mess of everything. Right, so yes. I got the recognition yeah. for yeah. making the terrible mess of everything because <laughs> that's how I kind of that's how I kind of work. Um, in it's terms of <laughs> in, right in terms of, and this is a highbrow question. It's as high okay. as my hairline, which is pretty high. <laughs> it's like I feel like I feel like I'm kind of like. Um, like kind of like Ant and Dex, kind of balding older brother, probably dad, oh, based on my now, age. Now you say it. Shut up. Um, Spitting image for those shush. at home who haven't <laughs> who have never seen Richard. It's, it's oh, I'm all over. God, I'm all over. It's service. really like they're both here. It's strange. It's kind of like and joining us tonight. <laughs> yes, joining us tonight. We're going to be talking about taking everybody up to one million pounds. It's incredible. You know, it's. <laughs> It's it's like you know. Welcome to the jungle. Um, <laughs> the thing, right? Okay, so let let's take it to the little bit to the side. Mm. I should. I, I like to take my glasses off because I think I look better with my glasses, and then I put them on because I can't see. But <laughs> in it's nice terms of, a prop, of isn't it? It, it's kind of like this good way, or look at it. Um, in terms of, no, we can see that at home. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're not doing it for this. I'm not doing it for them. Yeah, we're, not doing, doing it, we're not doing it for you, listeners. Sorry. <laughs> not it's, it's not about you. Are Go you on. not entertained? Um, <laughs> and I'm not even going to edit this out because it's like, I don't care. It's like the middle of January, so everybody's meant to be sad. So I'm trying to cheer everybody up in my own special <laughs> magic way. Um, the tabletop industry is a funny mm. is a funny kind of place and a funny kind of beast. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> when you're coming into this, because... There is a huge fan base of tabletop people that also create content at the mm. same time. And are you are you are you kind of are you kind of relatively happier in the position where you kind of are where it's like a commercial venture, a proper commercial venture, and you've got mm. protection of editorial and stuff like that? Because I'm assuming that obviously, <clears throat> like everywhere that runs a magazine, you've got advertising space. But the people that sell the adverts and the people that write the reviews are completely separate people. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't even know what adverts are going in to the magazine until I get the binder, which I can right. show you. I've got one here, actually. Uh-huh. This is the one that's just gone to print, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, which is uh, King, of Te- uh, King of Monster Island. I've got, I actually, I finally reviewed, uh, reviewed interviewed um, Richard Garfield. Wow. Um, which is sort of like, it's a it's very um, completed it mate feeling. But it's not until I get this fake version of the magazine that we yeah. print up to do final proofs that I see the, I know what ads are in it at all. Yeah. Um, so we're we're completely 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 separate. Um, so yeah, that, that that's absolutely correct. And um, obviously, um, most of most of the writers for the magazine are are, are freelance. Yeah. Except for except for me and Charlie, um, and uh, and that means that. They've they've got no exposure to it at all. They're they're completely pure, you know, <laughs> as yeah. much as you can be. Um, yeah, being a writer. Does, like when people are talking about kind of writing reviews and stuff like that, mm. are you are you then okay if somebody says, "Look, I'm sorry, CJ, but I kind of this game's okay, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kind of ring bells and say it's wonderful for the sake of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna ha- I've got some real valid kind of criticisms kind of here that I have to bring up." Yeah. Are you just to say like, look, you've got to? I don't care. Just write about it and let kind of let Elvis. You got to tell the truth. 
you can't we can't we'd be a terrible magazine um we wouldn't have the trusted position we we would if it if this if it's totally rubbish we have to say it's totally rubbish we have a review system which goes from must play to no and what that no is answering is play it and if the answer to your game (laughs) play it is no yeah. There's something wrong with it, you know. Um, usually, um, or there's it's other reasons it could be uh, greatly uh, disliked. But um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, um, I do. I sometimes a freelancer or a writer will come to me and say, "I've really hated this, um, mm. but I feel a bit uncomfortable because I, you know, I go to a con with them or something. I will see them." <laughs> I'm likely to see to, them at dinner, and I just say, <laughs> just you just have to give them the kicking because yeah. the thing is, the, the other thing is, we're not just here as an ambient um, piece of content floating around the world. The magazine is itself a product, and um, yeah. as someone who reads magazines, if if you are if you are someone who reads magazines, um, uh, then you do want those reviews where it is just someone absolutely laying into something, giving something that really deserves it an absolute walloping um, because it is bad and shouldn't have been made and decisions that were made along the way were incorrect and proper or um, evil or something. And that's good. (laughs) That's good if you can... Because that's good content, isn't it? That's that's something good to read if someone can sit there and say... Um, read it and say that was a great review I will never touch this game again and I will actually show this review to other people because the the writer was so funny in giving this thing an absolute stomping do you still really get I don't know why I have to go up this octave I'll try again do you (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) do you still really do you still really get bad games yeah because one of the questions I I get I used to get sent kind of a fair number of Kickstarter previews. I used to be fine, mm. but then you get to a couple of them where you're just like, I seem to be playtesting your game for you and giving you feedback that a designer yeah. and developer would be doing because I'm just going kind to of doing that job. And I've seen a discussion recently about somebody saying, <clears throat> oh, they've, they've seen feedback on a video that a game's just got a bad design. Are we at the point where people are educated enough that you know the chances of getting really bad games or really bad board games out there is that still is yeah. that still a thing? Yes, absolutely. Um, for example, okay. I'll, we'll, we'll go, we're just going to go straight to the straight to the yeah, top still, here. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, little company called Ravensburger. Um, they put yes. out a um, a really charming book game, book yeah. RPG adventure fetch quest game, sort of thing, um, based on The Princess Bride, a film I think is great. Um, uh, the game is awful. It's just rubbish. It's just rubbish. Um, it and it's just like and it's one of those ones that I may have given it a maybe in a sort of like if you're a collector or something weird like oh, that. That's you a, know you could maybe do that. But uh, yeah, it's you exactly almost it's, went down the kind of video game. If you're a fan of the genre. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you kind of, I mean. kind of have to, but it was caveated with, you know, like, yeah, it's, you're not going to take it out of the shrink wrap because you want to retain its value for a future sale. Um, you know, after <laughs> they've landed the rest of it to Antiques Roadshow and they've said, yeah. how much for this? And they'd be like, well, I don't know, about 10 pence per tonne last time Wait, I checked it. for a big bar. And they, <laughs> but the thing, here's the thing. Um, it's not like Ravens Burger make bad games habitually. And that's yeah. why it hurts even more, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, the fact that we, the fact that the system had like 
hints of horrified about it. Um, but for kids, but mm. bad in all the ways that those things can be bad. Because um, I think Horrified is a great game. Absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, it's one of those ones where I, I think back on it and think I probably should have given that a must play. Anyway. Um, and uh, Just ask them to bring the magazines back. And yes. then just send the back out. Send the back stickers out. On them. Send the back out again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do wonder. Sometimes I, I, we do talk sometimes about doing a feature where I re-review something. Like I'm always, I'm always interested in that, and I'll tell you why. Is because yeah. I've always, I've always thought about that. And see, as somebody who has a blog mm. and does a blog, I, I does a blog. I was good at English. <laughs> Um, <laughs> is that sometimes, and I think the most recent one I did was for some of Osprey, Osprey game stuff. Mm. Um, and we got like, a, they sent out like the latest expansion and rather than write a completely new article on it, I just added on to oh, interesting, the yeah. kind of the article that was there and just yeah. said, look, here's an expansion. And I also made some kind of a couple of adjustments as well. Yeah. With you having the online side of mm. the magazine as well. Have you thought about... I mean, you've just met all mm. potentially. Is that not kind of like, here's games that we... Our opinion has kind of changed? Because I know that there's games out there that you play... You play like the first two or three times, you're like, this is magical, this is amazing. And then you play six or seven times, it's like, mm. look, if I just do the same thing every single time, I'm guaranteed to kind of yeah. win. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting. Doing that online... Um, we could do it. We could do it. Um, but most of our <laughs> most of our content production comes around around the magazine itself because that's the the thing yeah. that has kind of cost associated with it. You know, if yeah. it were just a website, it would be it'd be very different. And that's I mean, that's a very natural. The thing you did there is a very natural like content strategy for um, uh, for um, blogs and things that get the story out quick with something small. And then as it develops, you change it and change it and change it and change the URL and change the title as it goes and all this sort of thing. And eventually you end up with this like mega piece that is the the answer um, to whatever question people are asking about the subject to begin with. You know, yeah. that's quite that's quite a natu- natural thing to do. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, just to come back to um, bad games for a second. Yeah. Um, you know, we, it isn't... isn't it's also important to remember that there's more and more people entering the hobby than ever before, um, which is great. Um, there's also more and more people making games than ever before. There's also a lot of people just noticing that there's money to be made in games and Kickstarters and things like that who just think, well, my um, slightly offensive, um, possibly racist card game that I'm making for Kickstarter, um, uh, the editor of Tabletop Gaming definitely needs to see this. Um and that's you know it's fine they're, they're doing the right thing by contacting me about their game that's what that's all I ever ask of people but um yeah we're not even going to review that actually but there are bad games out there you know um I think we see that a lot I think it's uh I don't think we're past it I I think yeah I, I think I think there's people who don't intentionally make a bad game but don't but they're too close to the coal face, if that makes sense. That yeah, they're get, not well, actually. If you're doing Kickstarter previews, you've seen this a lot, where yeah. you've 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 got people who've got 
um, maybe one good idea, and it's not the one they started with, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they should have taken a breath, stepped back, hacked their game in half, removed the, the soundtrack they're also doing for some reason, um, and the, the app and the, the 400 volumes of lore they're writing, and just focused on the bit in the centre, which was some you know in innovative um piece of me mechanical thing that makes everyone go oh that's quite clever you know they should have focused on that and you know you've you've seen it a lot i think it's because people mistake in that situation they they're mistaking their kicks the idea of a kickstarter promise being the game rather than the actual game you know the game the game has to exist and function yeah. you know um yeah so we yeah we do we do a few um like Charlie, for example, she'll do uh, preview videos for Kickstarters. And yeah. obviously, with their paid videos, and they are all wonderful, wonderful products because they're paid. Um, but, um, <clears throat> but they're, they're, you know, but had they come in for review in the state we get them in, yeah. um, at that stage, uh, we would, it's possible we wouldn't review some of them because they're, they're not quite there yet, you know. Do you? Um, so when you're talking preview, are you just case? Is it a case of I'm just giving you facts and figures here? This is how the game kind of plays. Are you trying? Um, do, you, do you have to avoid? Do you have to about, avoid so the opinion? Sort of legitimate previews, yeah. and then there's paid ones. Um, so uh, the real one, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, not making for everybody that's lovers are listening along. I'm not making huge faces at, at the camera. I have. <laughs> Huge opinions on paid on paid previews. Um, yeah, I don't. Well, they're, they're I don't have an issue with them though. I have an issue with how they're portrayed in the gaming space by the people that get them made for them. I think. Yeah, I think I think I think that's right. Um, I mean, what we do for our paid videos is we do um, first looks. That's what we do. So it's it's basically an, an unboxing. Mm -hmm. An overview of the game, um, yeah. what the key selling points of the game are, you know. Yeah, that's right. Selling points, you know, um, that's that's what that is. But if I was doing a preview in a magazine, for example, obviously I'm only going to cover things I think are good for a start, um, mm. but or are going to be good or have something interesting about them. You know, that's that's usually an interview with the designer or the creative the creative element in the um, in the process, and um, it's really like teasing out what's meant to be at the heart of the game, you know. Uh, and that, that's what we do there. So that's like a real, that's a real preview as far as I'm concerned. It's where you're actually, yeah, yeah previewing thing without, um, usually without really having touched it, you know, um, because you're kind of trying to get the, what you're trying to get at is not what the game will be at the end, but what the kind of intention is and what the creator of it understands as well. Because we always, there's an Eric Lang quote somewhere about, um, or every game having a central metaphor, um, which I really like. I think is a really good idea. I think I used to say things when I was uh, a bit closer to poetry and stuff like that. I used to say that, um, uh, you know, every game is like a short story, mm. you know, as in it's it's like usually like a single good idea that um, is executed kind of tightly and perfectly and sort of kind of repeated on in one in one sort of bite, you know, there's no, it doesn't sprawl usually, it doesn't do all these other things. And um, it's it's actually just focused down on this one thing. And I think I recently saw a quote, I uh, forget who, by, uh, I think it's an American um, writer who said that 
the the point of a short story is you can still remember the first line at the end um which is which is you know you, you don't, that doesn't happen in a novel do you? you don't think about that first line again and so it's actually that first line kind of matters in a way that it doesn't in long form writing yeah. um and that's kind and that kind of ties into this idea of having the central metaphor this little engine of an idea and that's i think that's the same for board games mostly you know uh, and that's what a preview should be about trying to find discover what that is um so other people can say well, and also to know if that's the kind of thing they like as well, obviously. You know, there's sort of a consumer element to all these things because um, we are talking about products mostly. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so, um, but yeah, you don't like paid previews. I, okay, I don't, I just wish that they were kind of a bit more upfront for what they're saying and actually said this is marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think the problem with, there's there's a two there's a there's there's two sides and I joked at the beginning where we were talking about preview reviews. Okay. My issue my issue with preview reviews is education. Mm-hmm. And the education side of views from what a publisher expects, what Kickstarter expects, what the audience expects. And that to me there's too many people that get previews done that then call them reviews. Yes. And yeah. to I me mean, that's a rev- just, that's know, is wrong. A review is just a final product. You know, a Kickstarter is never going to be a Kickstarter review unless that product's actually sitting there. Because I know of too many Kickstarters. And this is really funny about Kickstarter is that Kickstarter is a measurement of marketing success and not necessarily a measurement of a good game. Because I have seen a lot of games that are successful on Kickstarter that I have seen people grab with both hands, absolutely love, get it to the table and go... Oh, mm-hmm. oh! I think I was sold a kipper here, and yeah. so, and, and I'd much rather, I'd much rather maybe stick with certain kind of published kind of games that I know have mm-hmm. potentially kind of gone through the kind of the ringer than yeah. maybe something. I think, yeah, and, and that's my that's my issue. I don't, I don't. People want to do previews. That's fine. People that I think the worst thing is people that create that create this type of content that, that also confuse the matter by calling it, here's mm-hmm. our Kickstarter kind of review preview. And it's like, you're not, you're marketing. And I'd much rather yeah. somebody was open and just said, look, I'm a marketeer. I'm a very successful marketeer. I get paid a thousand dollars per Kickstarter mm-hmm. preview that I make, but essentially I'm a marketeer and that's what mm-hmm. I do. And then I'd have more respect for them. When people are saying, I'm kind of like, I'm ethically fine and stuff like that and, and all that. And I don't want to get into that, but there are, you know, it's like, of course I can get, and other people that say I can get paid for reviews and it doesn't affect my, uh, my opinion that I give. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Which is why I, I asked mean, the question at the beginning about the editorial difference between the people that sell hmm. the adverts and your organization and people that write the reviews. If there's a absolute yeah. disparity between the two. There is. Yeah. So obviously, <clears throat> yeah, everyone gets paid to write reviews uh, for the magazine. Um, it'd be weird, weird if we didn't. Um, but uh, obviously, I'm paying them. Yes. And the standards I hold them to is tell me if it's crap. <laughs> so, <laughs> and if it's good, you need to tell me if it's good. So, you know, there's no thing yeah. there. Well, you, what you're talking about about people getting paid for reviews is um, being paid by the publisher, for example, or maybe their marketing company or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's just rubbish. It's just like no one should believe that. And if you're if you're paying for reviews, I think people get trapped because they have maybe not made a very interesting game or and you know uh me matt jarvis charlie hall none of us care about the game and so they have to pay someone to 
um, make it look like they've got a review out there, you know. Mm. Um, uh, sorry, I put I put myself there in in a group of like wildly successful editors, um, but uh, but yeah, in, in the manifestation, whole, in, in, manifestation, well, hey, yeah, sure. manifestation um, for goodness sake. But 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 you know, like um, we're not gonna we're probably not gonna run a story about their bad Kickstarter, you know. Um, and so they they maybe have to go to these 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 companies. But the truth is. And we all know it is that they should pull the Kickstarter, start again, have another think. Don't put their life savings into it um, until it's ready. You know. <laughs> I, 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 but I mean, and that's that's the other thing about Kickstarter is it's it's moved from being a place where dreams are made and fields of dreams are built and sown yeah. to places where it's just like, well, this is our cash cow and let us get a couple of you know, a yeah. couple of million quid out of it, which is a is a kind of a different thing altogether. I mean, it sounds great. It does. Um, I think the other thing is there's cross-pollination between the US and the UK market mm. in that in the UK, we're not always expected to pay or buy or whatever, everything that we we do. Whereas in America, because literally you're always one mm. hospital accident away from absolute bankruptcy, yeah. I can see why people say my time deserves to be paid yeah. for. Yeah. So I'm not going to spend six hours playing your game, four hours coming up with thoughts on it, two hours writing it, and then eight hours kind of publishing or promoting my stuff. I expect to be paid for that time. So I get that. Yeah. And I see that, and that, and it's really interesting because whenever I see a discussion on Facebook groups, there's a distinct two, there's two two sides of it. There's the kind of the, the American ones which are like, I should be paid for my time, and there's UK ones which are like, I'm kind of going on the ethics kind of thing. And I, I yeah. and I know there's a bit of cross pollination nowadays. It was kind of, which I always kind of find of interest. Yeah, I mean they should be paid for their time. They're right, and and people shouldn't be giving their time away free. That's a big problem. We it's a problem we have in the industry, which is people are too willing to give away their time to be close yes. to games, basically, um, and it means that it does it pushes everything down for everyone, you know, because there is just um, uh, free free labor in whatever form you want to it comes in, um, and that. And that does make things very difficult. I mean, if you're doing something as a, you know, as a contribution to the culture, um, that's fine. The, that can be your reason to do it. That's perfectly good. But if you're, but, but maybe it's not healthy that everyone gives so much all the time, um, especially to companies that do make decent money. You know, small small companies. That's completely different. You know. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I think I think we do have this this problem of giving giving our time away. But people should be paid, and they should be, but they should be paid by people people like me, right? Like yes, they be paid, paid by a good critical um, like uh, group of um, uh, media outlets that are properly covering things with you know their own standard slants and looks at yeah. things rather than rather than. Um, you know, being, you know, oh, I don't know, the board game hog. Hey, it's the board game hog. Here I am. <laughs> I'm going to say snouts up or snouts down on this one. This is my review preview. Whatever, you know, um, that's probably actually someone. I, do, you know, do you know what I mean? My opinion um, would pro- my opinion would probably change if somebody came along and said, look, I'm going to offer you a gazillion pounds just for doing this. I'd be like, yep, I'm up for it. Because again, it's like, this is my, it's a hobby. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing is that people start <clears> on this as a hobby for enjoyment 
and then they end up doing the con the content creation side of things as a hobby for enjoyment. And then at yeah. some point, somebody goes in the ear. You should start a Patreon. And then it's like, oh yeah, I could earn some oh, money. I don't mind that so much. You know, I actually, yeah. I think I don't think that's too bad. Yeah, it's just if, as long as it's not directly paid, because um, that's not that's, you know, that's our subscribers are kind of doing that, aren't they? I suppose. You know, I suppose. Um, how how do you keep the fun? And I'm going to try, you know, at some point, I'm going to ask a question that's not going to sound like I've been at a kid's party and nicking the helium. <laughs> um, <clears throat> how, how do you keep the how do you keep the fun? And what I mean by that yeah. is, right, I am I have no doubt that you could turn around and say, OK, I have my own personal deadline and I need to make sure that I get through these couple of games in terms of writing something or writing something up. So, yeah. are you? Are you? I mean, I guess if you wanted to, you could probably email a couple of different places and say, "Hey, let's do some coverage and send us your games," and you could be up to your arms in games. Oh yeah. But how I mean, do you, how do you maintain a level of fun? How do you maintain that level of fun um, to make sure that you still enjoy board games? Do you do you play games that you have no intention of providing kind of any coverage for, or do you, are you very no, strict and restricting I'm, on how many you recover or? Pretty much everything I play is going to appear in the magazine, you know? Right. Um, what I do is I mercilessly, um, uh, plunder the remaining goodwill out of all my friendships, acquaintances, um, <laughs> colleagues, you know, mentors, old school, teachers um people i met uh on that trawler once you know all that sort of thing um and uh and i say hey do you like board games <laughs> do you like to spend an evening it being aztec gods um but also just trading wheat and gold <laughs> and they say yeah, I like board games. I've played Monopoly before. Let's give it a go. Um, wow. So you, you know, um, so but what I'm saying is, there there is a um, there's like a social cost to the, to like, this. Yeah. You know, um, you're like the, the Amway of board games. You just try, it's like a multi level marketing kind of yes, scheme. Yes, that's it. <laughs> kind of trying to get them. In. Here's my presentation and how we can have you playing five board games in the first month and then playing thirty five <laughs> board <laughs> games a month by month six. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Um, so, so there is there is that, yeah. So there is a, but there's there is a, there is burnout. I think with a lot of my my groups, and I've realised that now. Which is, I can't, you can't just rock up and say, "Hey, I've got these six games. <laughs> I need to play some of them, please." <laughs> I've, no, I went. I, I it's like literally, it's like, um, yeah. I've been in that case where it's like, yeah, yeah. Let's go. There is a standing joke at the club that a board game club that I go to, mm. that I will take a bag full of games with me to yeah. the club. Yeah. And we'll play none of the games that are in my yeah. bag. That's and right. I end up having I end up having to corral my son to play yeah. the games with me. Yeah. And this is like I know it's a heavy Euro and it's a fifty two page manual, but we're yeah. gonna play this thing yeah. and and then you can go to bed. Yeah, and not, not a moment <laughs> and before. It, not a moment before. And then if you need to take a sick day off school, then you'll be doing that as well. Um <laughs> But yes, that, that but that's that's basically it. You have to you have to you have to beg ground. So I, I um you know, I just have to rotate my friendship groups and <laughs> um and uh, yeah, there's this group there's groups of people who I suddenly think you know I like that. Um I suddenly think 
guys, you don't, I'm doing a terrible thing here to you. You don't want to, you don't actually want to play this game. So what it also means is I do tend to try and pick games that I am likely to be able to play as well, you know. Mm. Um, and, then, and obviously, I, I mean, part of that's part of the job anyway. I look, you look at um, the pool of writers we have um, in the, on the on the books at the moment, and uh, you'll probably see that I pick certain people for certain things. Yeah, you know, um, and it's it's not that like they're most. It's not like that. This is the thing they can do. It's more like I know this is going to do something to them. Like I know I, I've seen them be got buy this sort of game before so i want to see if we can do it again and it's sort of that's kind of the thing i'm doing there like matching people up with games um that i arrange for them um so yeah <laughs> it's like unlimited power you well, shall have this worker placement <laughs> well yeah no but you you know someone who's like um or people will obviously the writers will turn to me and say hey i'd i'd really like to do the frost haven review um I go. But, right. but but would they? <laughs> I mean my my question is would they? Because and, and this is this is mm. this is like and it probably circles back to this discussion we were having earlier on, right? Which was yeah. how do you review a game like Frosthaven mm. by experiencing even the first three campaigns? You're not going to get all the way. If you're not got to get all the way, because I remember you to get all the way to the end. But honest, yeah. honestly, in that situation, <laughs> it's not. It's not going to happen. So <laughs> just imagine tabletop gaming Frosthaven special July 2024. Yeah, here's a here's a review. <laughs> yeah, we finally played all of it. It's all right. <laughs> Play if you like Gloomhaven. <laughs> should have, should. <laughs> Should have maybe bought yourself something else. <coughs> you could have bought a different. Could have spent less money and had more fun. That's what we're thinking. Yeah. And there we go. Um. Next question. Next question. Because like well, I've got. A say, list. I'm. I'm pretty sure Frosthaven is going to be great. But. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's absolutely. I'm sure it's absolutely wonderful. I'm sure it is. It's like it's. Uh, yeah, I'm very very excited to to be able to to play it. Um. I am actually. It's kind of like one of these <laughs> things. I've kind of stayed away. It's not. I'm like one of these things. Is like I, I don't like. I don't necessarily like popular things uh, because ah, I've see. never been yes. that. You know what I mean? So I like want to be a bit contrary and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah. actually, I'm like Frosthaven. Like, yeah, I could play that. I could get into that. Yeah, that would be fine. It's nice. It's, it's um, nice. Let's because we're just doing. The, I'm just going through your CV. Just okay. I'm not because the CV is not there. It's just I've turned the orange off. It's just a black screen. One of the things, mm. one of the things that people talk, one of the things that people talk about is pitching. Oh yeah, and we're not talking about singing. About baseball. Oh okay. We're not talking about. We could be talking about. No, that's ice hockey. Um, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Is was that NFL? There'll be an American person screaming, or a Canadian. No, there'll be an American person screaming at this, and a Canadian person being very polite. If if you'd like to make any complaints, please direct them at Ben Maddox of Five Games of Doomsday. We just sent him our complaints. That's it. Ben's 
Ben's just yeah. Ben's <laughs> gonna come back on again. He just keeps yeah. on getting. He just keeps on being successful and doing things like acting and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And he does his, been, he does his interview. He does a better interview podcast than I'll ever do. Um. <clears throat> anyway, pitching. Mm. One of the things, right? I, I as I say, I write. It's like I'm, yeah. like I'm dropping hints, but I write. Okay, I have never ever had the courage to pitch because I'm not sure what someone like yourself is looking for in a pitch. So I'm not asking for a full mm. explanation, but maybe the top, if you could maybe even break down the top three things, if you get something okay. landing in your inbox in terms of a pitch, what are yeah. maybe the main three things that you like to see if somebody's pitching an idea for an article or a review or whatever? What would you like to see from that? Um, we don't need to be pitched for reviews because we basically have reviewers mm-hmm. um, for the most part. Um, you know, and that's uh, to be blunt, it's the best gig. You know, yes. I send you, I send you games every month. You play yeah. them and write write some words, and I pay you. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and it's it's one of those things that also needs to be like hyper reliable. So it's not the thing you give someone for the first time they write for you. Yes. Um, because you need you need to you can't even, I wouldn't even, you know that thing I talked about of sending people the right kind of game for them or yes. wait or a game for them that would get the kind of review I want <laughs> out of them um, um, because I think it will do something to their brain. Um, that's uh, that's part of it. You can't do that if you don't know. It's know all someone. about control, CG, isn't it? It's all um, about control. Well, there has to be a little bit. That's part of the part of the job is making sure that you control the magazine into the you know, the printer. <laughs> this the, final, final, the final day, um, <laughs> you know, that's part of it. Uh, is uh, a little bit of that, um, but no, it's um, so the thing I'm always looking for is just a good idea, and that's a, such a cop out answer, isn't it? But I'm looking for um, something I haven't thought of, something that is. Um, exciting. It has an obvious peg, um, which when we when we say peg, we always in in journalism or whatever, as, hmm. as you readers might not know, that usually means what's the idea we're hanging things on. And sometimes that can be a, a time timely thing as well. So yeah. you're obviously you're always looking for you know um, uh, timely or important, basically, um, or just interesting. Um, and then the other thing is the other thing I like looking for is like utility. So if something appears to be very useful, that that's always, that always gets me, you know. So they're the kind of like the concept things that I'm looking for in terms of like, you know, how how is this going to fit into the magazine? Um, and it's not that the person needs to work that out, but but they have. But you know, if someone someone pitched me. Um, Ages and ages and ages ago, um, and it has been in the magazine. I've completely forgotten who it is, but um, the Arkham it was an Arkham Horror uh, card game guide. Mm. So yeah. they'd played every expansion, wow. and they were rating them out of um, Elder Signs, um, and that's great. You know, I love that sort of stuff because it's mm. kind of like um, it's it's a bit like that. Um, magazine article i spoke about at the beginning about the you know his 25 controllers for the mega drive they're all weird yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and they're all rated and they've got different things on them you know it's just kind of like sets single sets of little bits of um connecting ideas that are presented in, in kind of discrete um chunks you know and that's always quite nice so i quite like the utility 
most of the things, you know. Um, and so it, when that was pitched, I could see how that was going to happen in the magazine quite easily. It didn't actually come in like that. It came in, I think it came in originally as a um, an idea to cover everything. Yes. Um, but in a sort of like history of kind of way. Yeah. Um, but, but then I thought, no, actually, let's find something kind of really crunchy in this, you know, to say that one one set of adventures is better than the other is enough to start an argument at a games club. Brilliant, um, that, and that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of what you want if you're making a if you're making a magazine. You do want to create um, you want to create culture in some way, and if that exists purely in the form of um, you know uh, Barry and Dave no longer talking to each other about their um, uh, their favourite uh, Arkham Horror games, that's that's great. As long um, as they both sell subscribe. That's um, the well, yeah. As long as they stop by the magazine, I, ideally, you don't yeah, care. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess maybe only one of them would have the magazine and show the other one and say, "No, he's right." And they say, "Absolutely not. No, the Innsmouth whatever thing is the better one." Um, so that's just an idea there of how. So just to sort of explain that a bit better, just to say that that came in as one idea and we changed it as it went. And what I really liked about this pitch, and this may be my second mm-hmm. thing for pitching me particularly, and I know other people are different. I know, um, for example, um, if you're pitching Charlie Hall at Polygon, they've, they've got like a whole pitching guide and all this sort of thing. They want you to have yeah. already done quite a lot of work on it. Um, uh, for me, I just want to know what the idea is because I like working with people to get there to get to what the idea should be, you know, um, I like it. I like a bit of a hand in it to help um, it find its place in the magazine. Yeah. Um, and so for me, the best thing to do is um, an email and it's like three lines long and it says, Hey, I'm this guy. Uh, I'd love to write for your magazine. What not? Hey, um, I've got this idea. It's about, I don't know. Um, okay, just off the top of my head, let's do one here. Um, the uh, best um, representations of um, gods in games. Um, wow. Or something like that. I think I'd like to look at um, all of the uh, Eric Lang games and, um, uh, and other things and try and match them up with actual deities um, and rank them in hotness. Um, actually, that's probably too. We've probably gone too far there. But um, uh, and then the third thing is just saying um, I'd like to develop it in this way, you know, and which is actually to say I know I'll rank them in hotness. Um, so just those three things there, um, and then that's enough for me to go. Yeah, sure, because I get I get a lot of pictures that are like five paragraphs long, and it's wow. like you could have written the article. Um, and published it somewhere else in the time that it's taken you to write down what you think you're going to write in the article. Um, so just just people need to come with the, the the pure the pure idea again. It's coming back to that idea of like what's the central metaphor? You know, we we're looking for it in a game. We're looking for it in the you know we're looking for the thesis of the piece, whatever that is. You know, um, yeah. So you're going to pitch me something. Uh, no, I mean my only oh. idea. My only idea was about um, how, um, based on the recent kind of shipping prices uh, crisis in mm. China, maybe we should reassess reassess postage and shipping prices regarding kind of board games when we're shopping online for our next game. Mm. 
yeah so that so that's me if you give me that sort of idea that's fine that's a good that's a good like it's off the um, top of my head yeah yeah but that's what i mean it's like that that's perfect now if you started that off with hey i'm richard you've i've just invited you on my podcast next line (laughs) is is hey i want to talk about the shipping crisis and um how people should rethink their thing uh their purchasing decisions um uh and then the next bit, which is the little crunchy bit, which is, hey, I'd like to go get, I'd like to go get some um, numbers about not only the environmental impact but also the um, financial impact on the companies that uh, produce these games, maybe or something like that. Yeah. And that um, I like that to be part of it in some way. Would you reckon? I'd say, so, so, sounds alright. Uh, how about we we could do it maybe as like a cardboard manifesto or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which allows it to like an opinion piece thing. Because um, maybe if you get a few crunchy numbers but not too many, that'd be quite good. Um, we could maybe do a, an interesting graphic or something with it if you get loads of numbers in. Maybe we could yeah. do something like that. Um, and then that's good for me. Do you know what I mean? That's that's because yeah. then I I know I know where I in my head I'm immediately like oh I can go I know where I can. This put is where that. I can go with this. Yeah. Um, you've given me something crunchy to hook on as well. Um, and then there's the, the the main strip of it which like. Generally, we agree with it, don't we? That we maybe we should do that. The other question is the other way we'd do it is you could maybe go and go ahead and do something again, a utility piece on it in some way. If you know what the answer is, my feeling is that there isn't an answer. You know, do you know yeah. if there's an answer to this, to this, the shipping crisis? Because <laughs> I think if people want to know, <laughs> I think it's changing back to be yeah. honest. I think it's going to come in waves. Because yeah. I think that the situation in China is going to constantly change with regards to COVID. Um, yeah. And obviously, kind of knowing, I, I mean, I'm kind of in this strange position with doing the podcast of knowing quite a few kind of designer publishers yeah. and having kind of anecdotal evidence from them as to, and, 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 and kind of backing, getting involved in a lot of Kickstarters at the dollar level and seeing the kind of the, the kind of the updates coming in, people saying, look, we're $200,000 short. You know, yeah. I might have to, you know, I'm going to lose my kind of house. I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm just interested. I mean, lengthwise, mm. are you looking at, you know, should somebody be thinking about a 500 word thing, a thousand word? Is that something that you give kind so of guidance a, back on kind of thing? A, a page is usually 600-ish words. Right, okay. Something like that. We pay per page. So that's generally right. how we, that's okay. generally how we work it out. Um, so, so yeah, um, but people shouldn't worry about that, you know. Um, I think. See, the thing is, I think it's people sort of, do though. I think I would do. That's one yeah, of the things that I'm in the back of my mind. Right. As somebody who, as somebody so, who does on, write, kind of works because because you're. See, this is the thing. I I, I, wonder, I did wonder about this because earlier we talked about um, the guy who made his racist card game who sent me a copy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's not happening in his brain that's happening in your brain? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like he's doing he's doing something right with the wrong content, yeah. <laughs> and and you and you've gone. Well, you know, he's probably maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's only wants. I I know two thousand words. I know, but yeah. see, this is the thing. It's kind of like I'm George McFly. Is the <laughs> right? And bear with me on this one, right? What what happens, right? This is Back to the Future. What happens if I, you know, send in the idea and he comes mm. back and tells me it's not any good? What happens if he tells you not any good? I don't know if you'd know how you feel. And of course, obviously, yeah. Michael J. Fox says, 
oh, I know exactly how that kind of feels kind of thing. And I guess that's, I think that some people, yeah. and I was, ex- I th- what was I? I was having a conversation with, um, with my, with my wife about this. And I, and, and, and they were talking about, we're talking about, repre- it was really funny. We're talking about representation in hmm. kind of board games and the board game space and board game media and stuff like that. And, and, uh, saying that sometimes you actively need to ask for certain demographics to come and get involved and pitch for you because mm-hmm. normally you're kind of your average white male heterosexual straight guy will just be like, yeah, yeah. this is my job <laughs> and just yeah. charge right in regardless of whether or not they're doing it while everybody else kind of takes a step back and kind of goes, "Could is this something I could potentially do and they have a second thought whereas the guys are like i'm already here i can i can i can fix that leak in your roof yeah. i've never done plumbing never done before, before but, but i reckon i've got a spanner <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing so that that's that was what's like that's a very traditional thing for um uh job applications isn't it you know that uh um and it's a sort of gender divide thing as well I think, where most women will look at a job spec and say, oh, I'm missing w- yes. one of the qualifications, a very minor qualification, and I've got, I'm six months short of the number of years experience they want. Yeah. Um, and uh, me, probably, because uh, I, I did explain that I applied for this job for yeah. fun um, because I thought that why might not? be good. Um, why not? Um, <laughs> Two out of seven's not bad. Let's go for yeah. it. <laughs> and, like, and I'd obviously done some things vaguely related to it, but I'd never run a magazine, for example. Yeah. Um, there's massive risk with it, took me on, to be honest. Yeah, it was um, incredible. I have to. I do have to thank my publisher for um, seeing something uh, worthwhile in me. Um, but men will generally just say, well, I'm only six years short in experienceable terms, and I don't have any of those qualifications. Um, and But I'm... <laughs> But I'm going to go for it anyway. Qualifications, um, smallifications, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's I think that's basically right. And yes. So I think everyone, you know, should just attempt to be, channel that that idea. Because kind of... what's because uh, the worst the worst thing that's going to happen in that is I say now we sort of covered that a couple of years ago or a couple, a couple yeah. of weeks ago or I don't really think it's timely. You know, yeah. um, we'd have to find a different hook for it. You know, or a different peg for it. Um, you know that might, and then then what? You go okay. Well, I'll put it on my blog then. <laughs> They'll probably go. I'll change a couple of words and send it back in. Dear, <laughs> yeah. dear Mister Editor, yeah, <laughs> whatever your bloody stupid name is. Yeah, I believe I wrote to you with a perfect pitch some three that's... weeks ago, and you rejected me completely. I am now writing back as I've changed <clears throat> the words to capitalise the first word of every sentence, and I yeah. now believe that you should accept me and pay me much money. Yours sincerely. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, and 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 then and then you wouldn't get a response to that. Obviously. That's, uh, that's what you're best uh, but the next time you sent the pitch, I might I'd read it and go, oh, okay, that's that's good. Maybe we should yeah. run that. You know. So uh, so yeah, that's it. Because it's um, you know, it's a it's a weird job. I sometimes think of um, you know, uh, there's that George Bush thing <laughs> where he says, uh, I'm he says I'm the decider. <laughs> I sometimes think like, like that was obviously like a bit of a joke and a bit silly yeah. and obviously not fitting of his rank in the world at that time, you know, what, what he was doing in the world. But, um, uh, but it is kind of a description of what an editor's job is, which is you just decide what goes in, you know, <laughs> then you just have to, you have to do it based on what you think is good for, good for the people reading and, and good for the magazine generally. So. Superb. Um, 
What's exciting you about games at the moment? Is there any particular mm-hmm. title which you're looking at that you've gone, oh, 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 rubbing the top of my trousers in anticipation? That just sounded like death. Um, quite. So, things like, are you looking for things that I haven't played yet? I'm just anticipating. Yes. Or are you looking for things I've recently played? Either. It's your um, night. Because <laughs> I'll say, um, and I'd like to say, anything that you say is not a, is not an endorsement of that game. Before you say that, so that oh no, I definitely endorse one. I definitely endorse one though. All right, okay. Um, which is um, Time Time of Empires by Pearl Games. Oh, Have okay. you played Time of Empires by Pearl Games? It's, I have it's not. been out for oh weeks. Um, how how come you've not played it yet? It's on my review pile. Yeah. Over, is, it, is it really? Is it actually? Really? I don't have a review pile. Pearl Games don't okay. even speak to me. You know. Um, I saw um, them. I, I saw them outside Asda's, and they turned their shoulder. <laughs> But they put show me this show me the sole of their foot, and they went, "You're um, not going. You're going to get this game." Well, they put out a um, real time Civ game, a real time 4x game. Oh, <laughs> and it's hilarious. It's great. Um, yeah, would you would you like to play a, a real time a, a Civ game um, where your meeples are sand timers, and um, <laughs> and it's and there is a there is a war going on as well. But you resolve it individually, so you don't have to like do count. You don't have to like do opposed roles or anything like that. It says um, like a fever COVID dream. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it it plays like that, um, and it, even more so because there's a soundtrack that goes with it, and that soundtrack is there just for vibes mostly. But <laughs> also, every time you hear a baby cry, that's when you build scholars, and everyone around the table goes scholars, um, and um, and you that means you put some scholars in your scholar pile um which can be used for end game points um but it's a it's a really really neat lovely little game it takes 27 minutes to play um so uh, because of the length of the three rounds of of uh whatever yeah Yeah. of whatever um i think that's right anyway and um uh and that's it and that's the game and you're done and you've built and destroyed each other um and it's got this incredible incredible um you know, we're always kind of looking for something that happens above the table. The game, the game is the thing that happens above the table between people, where they yes. fully internalised. Um, uh, what is it? Carl Worley told me this. It's like player position and player intention. When they're perfectly aligned, um, mm. you have this thing where people are doing things exactly as they want to do, or as they think they want to do, uh, based and it's what they're doing. They've stopped looking at the board. They are playing against the other players. You know, they're not playing yeah. against the rules or trying to learn something or trying to work something out or try and game it. They're really playing against the other players properly. You know, they're really watching everything, you know. Well, this game does does that, but because everything's happening at the same time, you will literally do something, take, you know, uh, gain the resources and then do something else and then get the card that does the thing that builds a building which takes something off which will late next time when you generate those that will give you more things and then that means you can put some armies on the board and or you can flip the other sand timer um you, you look at your board and think that i've got i've conquered that little corner there and no one's going to come mess with me over there so you flip your sand timer over and look over here to the other side to the um 
uh, where there's some leaders where you can gain uh, long-term powers and points at the end of the game and stuff like that and wonders there's that classic sort of thing and you place a, a scholar on there and then you come back and look at oh, the other sound time oh what shall I do and you look up and you look at the board and someone's gone and bloody taken that province from you and so you're like god I'm going to have to build some more men now and off you go and then, then the baby cries and you've got to make some scholars and it's fabulous. Time of Empires. That's 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 a game that I think is um, incredible. The reviews coming, uh, not the issue that's just gone, but the one after. But um, it will almost certainly be a must-play. It's um, it's incredible. Um, so that's that's something I've enjoyed a lot of recently. Um, I really, really just want to play uh, RPGs and Oath. You know, if someone came in, if they came in. If I can run to the office just tomorrow and they said, sorry, we've replaced you with this bloke called Richard. Um, he's uh, he's on his I'd way be, now. I'd be, you've got, very, I'd be very good. You've got a couple of hours to clear your desk because it's a long way. Um, I don't know why I agreed to the commute. Um, but um, and he, uh, if they said that, I'd be like, well, okay, that's fine. Because wow. uh, I've, I've got Oath in my life and I've got um, Troika, you know, and... A bunch of other RPGs, um, which I know could be uh, the exciting thing in the future for me. Um, I always—that's oh, the thing I sometimes think of, which is, oh, that, I'll save that one for retirement. You know, <laughs> like like Warhammer, fan, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. You know, it's like um, I've 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 read most of the books. Um, I've never actually played it itself. Um, I've sort of mock played it a little bit, but. Um, you know, but it's one of those ones. I look at all those tomes on the shelf, and I go, "Yeah, I'll get into that when I'm retired." So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, get, is... I'm, I'm getting there, there, and I'm just like, my my, my friends are probably gonna have all died. <laughs> so I'm gonna be. <laughs> what happens if it's di- what happens if it's bad though? Yeah. That's weird. Um, so yeah, that I mean, in terms of stuff coming up. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think what the problem is. We've just gone to print, so it's the bit where my brain's the most empty. I, you know, I quite like the look of that. You know, scratch and sniff game. Have you seen that? Once upon a line. <laughs> I was wondering what you're talking about. It's like, was is this back to that game? That game that guy sent in that was slightly, slightly. No, 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 no. <laughs> this guy. I saw. Was it Lucky Duck? Um. Is it, I, I think, think it's lucky. Might be doing I think it, it. lucky it does, ducks it involved in it, and it's like you scratch off the different things, and it's like a legacy game. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Except I'd be like that. I'd be like that. Oh, I've won a pound. No. This, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go redeem a forty good board game for a pound. <laughs> I've won a car. But I've won a speedboat. Brilliant. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Nowhere near um, a port. Yeah, I love the idea. You have, but you have to go to the lucky duck offices in Poland to collect the speedboat. And then you have to drive it back. <laughs> Somehow have to get it back. <laughs> you have to get it back. And they're just like that. So here's your 15, 15 invoices you need to take from UC as you're importing from Europe that's into right, the yeah. UK. But that's a completely different story altogether. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the hobby has reached a kind of maturity in lots of ways. Um, I think there's some... I think things like Pearl putting out a game like Time of Empires shows that they... that you know, a company that basically made quite heavy euros, really. Um, the fact that they've they've put something so kind of like it's still heavy-ish, but so like full of joy 
um, just shows me everyone's just kind of relaxed a bit, you know. Um, I feel I, I feel like that started with Lost Ruins of Arnak. I think that was well, the first time I felt like a publisher really relaxed into um, into just making something just really really good and simple. You know, who previously I know I know obviously Galaxy Trackers all that sort of stuff they got the same sort of vibe, but it felt polished from the start. You know, yeah. I think I think also it's like um, it's like so many people have done their kind of apprenticeship now. That's that right. It's easy for them to miss out the first bit. It's like, um, and this is going to sound strange, hmm. but it's like watching Better Call Saul. But it's kind of like watching something where the char- the characters are just walking in, they're fully developed, they're fully ready, you know what their mm. motivations and everything are. And I feel for some board game designers, they've gone through the mad graft and everything like that, and they've discovered their own identity and what they enjoy making. Mm. And I think for a lot of publishers, they've kind of done that. Yeah, I think that's right. I think they've... Um... Yeah, it just feels much more mature, and I think it's I think it's in a better place than it was than when I first entered the hobby. Um, certainly, uh, I think there's still there's still bad stuff out there, but I think people have got better at making good games. Um, I think people are also better at also self realization when it comes to bad stuff mm. and not just putting something out there just for the mm. just for the sake of it. So. No. If people have listened along tonight and they've listened along tonight and they think this has been thoroughly entertaining and interesting, much more entertaining and interesting than mm. a lot of things we've listened to in a long time and they want to find you on the internet mm. webs, mm. where do you exist on the internet webs? Where can they find you, Chris? Um, so I try not to as much. That's not true, actually. Um, so uh, you should head over to tabletopgaming.co.uk and... Um, then go to the go to the store drop down and go to the subscriptions and just buy ten of them. Um, that is the best way to support me and my beautiful family. Um, but uh, no, uh, also just follow follow me on Twitter personally. Um, I enjoy numbers getting larger. That's always fun. Um, so if you could make that happen for me by, for example, retweeting all my really good tweets, um, that'd be great. Um, our Twitter handle is at CJ Eggert. Um, yes. Um, and yeah, but come, come, look at the Tabletop Gaming website. Look at all the weird stuff we're doing. Um, we've got like an indie uh, indie games book club coming up. Um, where so it's Chris Bazette, uh, the writer of the Wretched, amongst other things. Um, me and him are going to be hosting a book club where a fully interactive book club um, online, uh, where we're do- but we're reading um, indie RPGs uh, and reading and playing ideally. But wow. we kind of like invite everyone along. Um, so we've, we've just just launched that. That's going to be kicking off next month. Um, and that's if someone was if you were someone who was worried about like how to get into these games and whether you're going to do it right or whatever. Um, This is a great way to kind of have a load of people around you saying, don't worry, it's fine. (laughs) Also, we'll discuss how we, how three different people, um, uh, or there's three different ways to do initiative because everyone slightly misunderstood the rules and the thing is it's fine obviously Um, so if you're interested in that, that's really good and then we're also doing um, play ticket to ride on on a train as well, we've got a heritage steam train where you can come play ticket to ride with us um, if that's like, like top, if you want to do that. It's like kind of like Top Gear, but with cardboard. Um, yes, you don't actually you don't have to play Ticket to Ride. We, we've said like you can bring whatever <laughs> game you want. 
so um so yeah and you can bring your own booze if you really want i shouldn't really say that but it's fine um really say that We'll make sure that we put all of the links in the show notes so that we have got notes to show. And if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, then go to the internet webs and search for We Are Not Wizards and you'll find us in all the different bright and smiley, shiny, whiny, timey places that are full of wonder and joy that is also the internet. But you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and um our website, which is we'renotwizards.com for podcasts and we'renotwizards.co.uk has all of our written bits on it as well. And if you like what you've listened to tonight, then please go to Apple Podcasts and drop us a subscription. And if you like us even more, then consider dropping us a, a review. If you are going to be giving us a review, then don't give us 10 stars because it makes us big headed. And there's a lot of head here as it is but don't give us one star because it makes us cry just give us something in the middle like a five because it's average um we're just a little bit average that sounds like a terrible idea give them 10 stars if there's 10 (laughs) to give if there's 20 give them 20 obviously itunes goes up to five Oh, okay, that's fine then. iTunes um, goes up. To, iTunes goes up to five. What is okay, it? With you well, let's have, let's have let's have five then. Um, five. But can we give people a quest when they write this review? Yes. Okay. Um, I think they should write the review um, as if. Mm, actually, no, we shouldn't do that. Um, as if they're as if they're sending a pitch in <laughs> to um, We're Not Wizards magazine. Yes. Um, and uh, but with the three things I suggested, which is um, the uh, who you are, the, the summary, and the hook, the crunchy hook. Um, write, write those. Write those in your uh, your review. Um, and uh, but maybe. Maybe it's a magazine actually about being a sneaky wizard. So oh, for goodness' sake! Gi- right. So you know maybe what I mean? you're just so, so maybe you're giving them tips. That's just like I that. can't believe this. Right? Okay. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, I mean, as obviously there's only a, one more thing to do, and that is uh, that's to thank. Well, there's two more things to do actually. Let's thank Chris for for guesting. Thank you very very much for coming along and guesting. Um, and the second thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Chris? Um, no. <laughs> it's so unconvincing. It's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for having me. That's all right. Uh, okay. So it's a goodbye from the rather wonderful, rather fantastic CG Eggett. Say goodbye. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, make something awful. And uh, you want something on the tabletop? You want something that's a magazine? Go and check out the tabletop magazine. Just read it, buy it, subscribe, give them 10, give them 20, do whatever, make them happy, join them on the train. Until the next time, goodbye. A wizard is never linked.
nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to.